Welcome to the Thinking Out Loud podcast. I, as always, am your host, Dave Hallahan, and today I have a very special guest for you all. Uh, he's at least, he's special to me. He's my brother, uh, Josh Hallahan. So we'll get to him in a minute, but I just wanted to remind you all that we have started this uh, Patreon page, patreon.com slash thinkingoutloudpod, and What I'm asking is if you feel like this podcast has added any value to your life that you would add some to mine. Now, that you would become a patron of the podcast, you can give at any amount uh, per month. The suggested amount is $3 a month, and as long as you're giving $3, then you receive a bunch of different perks. Uh, You will receive podcasts a week early when available. Uh, You will receive unedited conversations that I have with my guests. Normally, I'm trying to make them about 30 minutes here on iTunes, but Sometimes we talk for 45 minutes, an hour, uh, sometimes even longer. So the patrons will have full access to that full interview. And I just posted this week a what I'm calling a thinking about list. So it was a list of four articles uh, or podcasts or movies, TV shows that I'm thinking about. And so me and the patrons will read those and discuss them. So you can be a part of that conversation. And then every other week, uh, instead of those lists, you'll get a special podcast with just me and Leah, where she asks me questions ranging from silly to serious. Um, and they're always a lot of fun. So, (coughs) so you'll definitely want to check those out. Again, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash thinking out loud. But enough of that commercial. Uh, I'm here with my brother, Josh. Like I said, he is uh, a missionary in Uganda, Africa. How long have you been there, Josh, now? Yeah, uh, we have been in Uganda since 2011. You think you're here to talk about that, but actually, uh, this was all just a long game to get you to defend yourself. Um, your favorite of the Back to the Future movies is? It's uh, the third one, Back to the Future. <laughs> <laughs> Why, is is my question. Maybe because it was all by itself. I didn't need to defend. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Uh, no, uh, I think, oddly enough, um, not that I've ever really watched a Western or can say I'm a fan of Western movies, but I just loved seeing Hill Valley in the Old West and um, Marty McFly riding a horse and <laughs> jumping on trains. I don't know. It just really intrigued me. There's some also like hidden gems in the movie of uh, like Clayton Ravine. Uh, mm. And yeah, I don't know. I think it's the best. Okay. Well, it's not, but that's fine. Um, I I wanted to, I didn't get a chance to, but I wanted to watch it last night or the night before just so I could put like fresh eyes on it. It's been a while since. Can I, can I say that I've had my sons now, Caleb and Seth have watched it. And at least I remember Caleb saying that three is his favorite. So they've watched all of them. They have watched all of them. Okay. Uh, so maybe it's something genetic, but it skipped me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we're not actually going to talk about Back to the Future, but why don't you, you guys can let me know, comment on Facebook, Instagram, or whatever. Uh, let me know what your favorite Back to the Future I'll movie is, Let and let Josh know how wrong he is <laughs> about this. Um, 
So Josh, you you said you've been you and your family have been uh, in Uganda for eight years now. I want to I want to get into your story at some point and shortly, um, but I want to kind of talk about just missions at large to start. Uh, you know, because I've told you I'm going to bring this up already, but y- hopefully some of our listeners remember this was like in the fall of 2018. There's a story of this man, uh, a missionary out of uh, Vancouver. Washington, uh, John Allen Chow, who was going to reach uh, an unreached people group, um, the Sentinelese, and uh, in his attempts to reach them, was killed. And uh, by some, I'm sure, was raised up as, uh, you know, someone who died for their faith. But it seemed like there was a lot of conversation uh, about kind of the shortcomings and even the misguided nature of missions, uh, missions in general, missions to unreached people groups. Um, and there's just a lot of like discussion around why are we doing missions the way we are? How should we do missions? Should we do missions at all? Um, so with that story kind of as the backdrop, we can play off of that or just talk about larger principles. What should the driving force of missions and missionaries be? Uh, what does good mission work look like? Yeah, I, mean, I think one of the first things that came to my mind was, uh, well, obviously I'm pro-missions. Uh, that shouldn't be a surprise. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think missions to be, quote-unquote, good, you need to be consistent. Um, at, you know, we don't. I don't think it's fair to judge this guy, John, because we don't know him and you know don't know all of what he was thinking or his motives. Um but there was one, I was reading some articles about him, and there's one thing that kind of just jumped out at me. And again, this is not a judgment on him because I don't know all the ins and outs of his story. But uh, someone just mentioned that uh, they knew John was going to try and reach these people, the Sentinelese, but that John had never shared with this guy why, his <laughs> why. Um, and from what I could tell, again, I don't know the whole story, but from the article, I don't know that this guy who knew John was a Christian. And so I just started thinking, you know, if we are so passionate about reaching maybe a certain target uh, on our way to that target, we should still be sharing this news that we're going to deliver, right? We should be Mm -hmm. consistent uh, and, and everyone should know the why of what we're doing. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, the first thing I think is just to be consistent, uh, and, you know, yeah, we're called, my family and I are called to Ugandans, but uh, hopefully we're still reaching out to our neighbors when we're here in the States or, you know, on our way, you know, anywhere, uh, being consistent with mm. the message. Yeah, and I guess consistent <clears throat> consistent being one word, and I think a good one for it, but as you were kind of talking there, I, I was thinking about how so many people, Christians and non-Christians alike compartmentalize like their lives. Right. And so like, you know, if you are an accountant, you probably don't, I don't talk about accounting when I'm not at work. Um, and so people don't talk about their work. And I think Christians can kind of fall into that too. Uh, missionaries, pastors, like whoever, or just Christians don't talk about their faith when they're not at church or whatever. And what you're saying is when it comes to missions, especially uh, and probably all Christians should live this way, uh, that we don't compartmentalize what God is calling us to. It's not, 
if we feel there's a call on our lot on our life for a certain people group or or whatever it's not like well i can't talk to anyone else about my faith i i should be talking to everyone about my faith and if god is leading me to a certain place then when i get there i'll just keep doing what i've always done right and it, yeah and it just goes back to that you know what we heard as kids growing up in Sunday school or youth group, you know you're all missionaries wherever you are like it's so cliche now but it's so true and so biblical yeah and i know uh we've talked a little bit about uh like the missional movement of right. church and yeah. uh we've talked about it on the podcast as well um and i think it is a uh, Something that, regardless of what kind of church you go to, that kind of under underpinning of the missional movement that we are all on, we're living on mission. And uh, I think we have just, you know, we've compartmentalized our faith as, especially as American Christians. That's my the only context I really have for it. So I feel like I'll talk to Americans. Like we we have compartmentalized our faith and and outsourced it kind of like we have with everything else like it's a it's a commodity to be consumed right and so it's the pastor's job it's the full-time missionary's job to be a christian and to reach these people but i'm the consumer of this commodity i'm not someone who puts that product out for people to consume which is not what jesus has called us to when you start having conversations with people about evangelizing we get terrified we don't know how to do it yeah yeah right and that's uh, that was not God's design. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Uh, so why did you get into missions? I could say my wife made me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, it's a long involved story. I guess I'll give you the questions and you can tell me if you want to dive into any more of that. Gave my life to Christ very young. Uh, then uh, in junior high, uh, while our brother Dustin was battling with cancer, uh, I remember being on a retreat out at Delanco camp, uh, and obviously the event of, of our family having someone who was struggling with cancer was, uh, everyone knew about it, and so it was a um, topic that we we're discussing, um, That, but I was wrestling through, and whatever, whoever spoke at the session that we were at that night, I just remember God um, challenging me, like, uh, Dustin has such a strong faith uh, through all that. Um uh, but God really saying, you know, you're not your brother, um, but you you have your own faith, and are you willing to trust me with that? Are you willing to say yes to me no matter what? Um, and it probably won't be cancer, but it might be something else. Mm. Um, so I remember at that retreat really just being able to tell God, you know, yeah, I, I prayed the prayer, and I said I'm a Christian, uh, but I want to live for you. And so I said yes to him. Uh, throughout high school, I felt a call into youth ministry, uh, pursued that in college. Uh, that's when I met Kelly, uh, who I very quickly discovered had a, a passion for missions and a calling to missions. She graduated uh, college ahead of me. And so the, for her first year out, she went to Uganda to serve as uh, for a year. By the way, that was yes. a really nice way of saying Kelly's older than you. Yeah, I was trying to. She's not my wife, so I'm just going to put it out there. <laughs> um so yes, Kelly is two years older than me, <laughs> three years uh, ahead of me in school because she's super smart, too. Um, but uh, so Kelly was in Uganda, and we were dating at the time. And to be very honest, and uh, I kind of hoped that she would get that out of her system, uh, come back, we could get married and live happily ever after in the States, being a youth pastor. Um, but it was 
during that year that, that she was gone, uh, and I was studying youth ministry at uh, PBU, uh, that um, God got a hold of my heart. We watched this video uh, about missionaries, and uh, I'll save the whole story, but basically God really convicted me of my stubbornness and, and having that hardness of uh, I was refusing to do missions um, and, and challenging me on that and then changing my heart to the point where I could say, you know, God, I said yes to you back in junior high, and it needs to be a full yes, mm. whatever you call me to. And uh, I don't know that I felt called in that moment to Uganda, but I was willing to be called. Yeah. Uh, so fast forward, Kelly came back. Oh, sorry, I did go visit her in Uganda, and all my misconceptions of what Africa was like were, were erased. Mm. Uh, then she came back, we got engaged, uh, took a team over the following summer to Uganda, and both of us walked away from there thinking, you know what, we could really see ourselves working here full-time at some point. So when our time at the church came to an end, uh, and we had two young boys, we thought, now or never. So um, we prayed about it and approached our mission, and there was a good fit for us there in Uganda, and so we said, yeah, let's do it. Um, you said when you went there <clears throat> to visit Kelly that your like misconceptions of what Africa was were erased. So uh, what were they? Like, are you guys over there? I'm going to guess at some of them. Uh, you guys live in a hut over there? Um, like, what's what's it like? You guys, like, have to hunt lions or what? Right, yeah. So my misconceptions were that we would be in a hut, that there would be no electricity, no running water, uh, maybe some lions prowling around, uh, but really hot and just sweating all the time. Uh, but the reality is uh, we live in a really nice house in uh, Kampala, which is the capital city of Uganda, which is fairly modern, malls, movie theaters. KFCs. Uh, KFC, Pizza Hut. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's it's comfortable. Um, I mean, there are challenges. There's you know, traffic, and the power isn't always uh, reliable, and so on and so forth. But, um, yeah, I, I thought we'd be in a mud hut. But, yeah, we're in a nice house, <laughs> a neighborhood, quote-unquote. Yeah. And I, there are still, like you said, there are challenges, and I'm sure – many of them are cultural and like there are cultural differences from region to region, state to state here in the States, but there's even less context for it. Like sure. a bigger learning curve, I would imagine. Like, you know, I get Southern culture, not because I live it, but because I have a TV, you right. know, but I can't turn on like the Ugandan exactly. channel. Yes. Um, so that was some, uh, we can get into some of those uh, and and what you learned, but so you kind of went in uh, hesitantly. God had to do a lot of work to to get you there. Um, what would you say it was about? Because it sounds like it was like being there that really I, it was God's work. But you being there made you think, oh, like we could do this. What is it about? Was it about being there um, other than realizing, okay, I won't have to live in a hut. Right. Uh, um, I mean, number one, it is just a, it's a beautiful country. It's in the tropics. We're right on the equator, uh, but also 4,000 feet above, uh, 4,000 feet of elevation. And so it's not hot. Uh, so it's just a beautiful country, but the people are, are beautiful. And, uh, when you, when I began hearing the stories of what God was doing, uh, through, through the church in Uganda, um, you know, it was, I don't want to say it was like the book of Acts because it wasn't, but, you know, it was just exciting mm. to see uh, the, a church that was growing, uh, 
expanding. And it was just something you wanted to be a part of. And yeah, the, some of those struggles, they're not that big of a deal when you, when you see God moving yeah. the way that we were seeing that happen. Yeah. Um, what's different now? Like eight years has sure. gone by. Uh, do you view missions differently? Like is your approach different? Uh, your reasons for being there different than they were eight years ago? Yeah, I mean, a lot has changed. Obviously, we have now four kids. I don't know if this is bad to say. I don't know if my boss is listening to your podcast. But, <laughs> you know, it's become a career in, in some ways. Um, and so to, to think of, of changing is difficult, you know. Mm. And, and my, is my yes still had 100%, you know. Right. <laughs> I kind of have to ask myself that sometimes. How am I approaching it differently? Yeah, like you really just have to confirm that this is, this is the specific spot that God wants us to be. You know, before it was... There's an adventure element to it. You know, you get to figure out this new culture. Mm. Um, and I'm no expert on Uganda, but uh, we know how to live there. You know, that's that's not a challenge anymore. Um, and so, uh, yeah, just really continually saying, God, is this, is this where you want us? Are we being effective? Um, uh, so uh, is my family doing well here? Do the kids get it? Do they understand why we're here? Uh, things like that. Yeah. What, what is that dynamic like? Because when you answered the call, it wasn't just you and Kelly, you had your two boys who were young uh, at the time. Um, and now there's four kids involved. And so you're kind of, it would not be easy to just be like, okay, we're done there. We're coming back to the States because you know, your, your life really is there. You're there three to four years out of every four to five years. Um, so really your life is there more than it is here in the States. So there would be big changes, but that is an option. Sure. And like you said, you kind of have to ask yourself somewhat regularly, like, is this still what God has for us? But now you're answering that question for six total people. Yeah. Um, so how does one do that? <laughs> what is that journey like? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, because at first it was just easy. You know, Caleb and Seth, they were uh, three and five. Um, and, you know, they'll go wherever mom and dad tell them to go. Uh, and they were not ingrained in, the, in their American culture uh, here. And so, but now uh, they are, Caleb is, is 12. I can't believe I have a teenager. <laughs> uh, Seth just turned 11. And then we have Elizabeth and Rebecca, who are five and four. And, but yeah, like you said, that's home. Now that's normal. For them, And so as I was thinking about this, and again, we're not doing it perfectly, but what we're trying to do is to have conversations with them to remind them, this is not normal, mm. what we're doing. It's, it's feels normal because it's what you know, right? But like, there's a, a deeper purpose for why you're, you're growing up in Uganda. They know they're American, uh, but there's a deeper purpose for why you're growing up there. Uh, and so just bringing them in on the journey with Kelly and I, uh, making sure that they, at least as much as they can, are seeing the bigger picture, are seeing that uh, there are certain people that God has called us to or, or certain ministries that he wants us to be a part of over there and inviting them into that, making sure they're a part of it. And it's not like just normal home life and then mom and dad go out and do their mission work and then come back and I'm repeating myself, but um, inviting them into the conversation, inviting them into what we're doing, and, and hopefully just through the conversation, seeing if they're beginning to grasp the bigger, the bigger purpose for mm. why we're there. Yeah. That, 
and that's a, insightful as someone who isn't doing that. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think that is important because it is so easy, whatever like walk of life you're in as you have kids for them to just, you know, they're what they're going through is atypical of American sure. kids, but they're not around American kids that often. So yeah. who, why does it matter? You know, like they could fall into a, a normalcy and, yeah. um, as you're saying that, like to invite them into the conversation and to, to help them to see that what we're doing is not normal, that this is different. And, but it's not just to be different. Like there is a reason and a purpose for that. And, you know, as I think about raising, uh, three girls as a pastor, like that's going to be, it's going to be their normal. Like already when I get ready to leave the house, uh, Riley says, assumes I'm going to church. Like that's, where we go. Um, and I feel like Logan being so attached to me may just resent church I don't know, <laughs> uh, because that's where I go for work every day. But, um, you know, I think there, there's something to that and it may be more obvious as a missionary or even for me as a pastor, but like as Christians, like some of that consistency that we talked about at the beginning and not compartmentalizing, like, there probably needs to be some of that for all Christian parents that yeah. we're not normal. Like, <laughs> and if maybe you are like really normal right. and that might be a problem, yeah. like maybe you shouldn't be that normal. Lee and I, we had the, we did the episode on minimalism and, you know, like I said, people won't walk into our house and say, Oh wow, they have nothing. Like right. we, we have stuff, but our desire is to be, to have less and, we don't do that perfectly, but our hope is to, and I think that is a, or can be a testimony to the world that like these people are different and why. And that's something we need to talk to about with our girls. Like, why can't I get that? I know we can afford it. Like at some point they're going to know we can afford it. <laughs> yep. um, why can't I have that? And, you know, Lee is going back to full-time teaching uh, this year. We're going to be making the most money that we've ever made it's going to be a struggle to live differently than we could as Americans. Cause culturally, if you can do it, why aren't you doing it? Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's interesting and something that makes sense for you to do as a missionary. But as you're saying it, I'm trying to process, is that something I should be doing as well? Um, when I went, so I visited you guys there uh, a few years ago, and what kind of struck me was just this understanding, because, you know, I talk about the church, or I talk about the body of Christ, when my experience is mostly limited to Sicklerville, New Jersey, and the surrounding towns. It's not a global vision in in any real way. And it did just make me realize that, okay, I'm a really long way from home and God is still active and alive and and doing something here. How for you has now for eight years kind of being ingrained uh, with the Ugandan people changed your view of both God and church? So I'll get to Uganda, but I just wanted to share this story. Uh, We were support raising, uh, I forget what year it was, a few years ago and friends of ours who are from Canada and they were actually missionaries in Uganda and then moved back to Canada and then came to visit us in New Jersey. Uh, so they, they went with us to this church 
I won't say what church it was. Um, but after after the service, I remember he came up to me. The husband came up to me. He said, um, "Do do all of your churches have the American flag up on stage? <laughs> and do you always sing that patriotic hymn at the end of the service?" And now the patriotic hymn part that was unique for me um, because it was just it wasn't like Fourth of July Sunday or anything right. like that. It was just normal, and it's what this church does. <laughs> but like the American flag on the stage. Like I know that not all the churches in America do, but it's fairly common. Fairly common, yeah. especially the churches you and I, you know, growing up in the Methodist circle. I think all of them probably at least did right. uh, for a long time. So, um, uh, kind of ashamed to admit that it, that was one of the biggest openings, eye openings to me to realize, wow, like American Christianity, that's a real thing, hmm. um, and probably not the best thing <laughs> that we yeah. so tied our citizenship. To, a, to our faith. Um, but, uh, I mean, in Uganda, there's no Uganda flag on the stage and they don't sing <laughs> uh, their their patriotic songs. But I think uh, what I've just been seeing, it just, the word that just came comes to mind is the beauty of God. Um, and that, as you said, like, you came and you saw, wow, like God is moving here in these people. And, and for me, it was like, wow, God is inviting me to be a part of what he's doing with these Ugandans and these Ugandan churches. And it looks nothing like it looks like in New Jersey, but it's totally God. Hmm. And this is it was like a new side of God that I was seeing. Totally 100% God, but still brand new. Right, to right. Um, it was just exciting uh, to know that he, he was allowing me to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah, that that's interesting on both levels. I do think that it's interesting that your time in Uganda has not just made you grow an appreciation for the people of Uganda and for God's ability to work everywhere, right. um, but also to like now you look at your home churches differently yeah, and absolutely. how you know in in America things are are different and. That would be a really easy thing for me to get sidetracked on, yeah. um, because I it's through some reading and and just uh, I guess some um, broader horizons uh, and like visiting places like Uganda and knowing people who are all over. Um, just this idea of how intertwined our uh, patriotism is with our religious zeal right. um, and. It is weird, like, I, and I probably am like on the far, a far end of that conversation. Like Riley went to a Christian preschool, right. uh, and uh, it's a school, right? So this probably should have been normal. But I thought it really weird that they said the Pledge of Allegiance. Right. Like that felt weird to me. Yeah. Whereas most parents probably, it, my wife kind of thinks I'm weird that I <laughs> I thought that was weird. But right. you know, it, I get it. It's a school, whatever. Uh, but you know that that is happening in church services is yeah. is weird, and yeah. I feel like we should be weirded out right. by that. Yeah. If that happened in any other country, yeah. I feel like we would be weirded out by yeah. that, right? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. you know, yeah. so the fact that it's happening here, we're okay with it because right. it's close, yeah. I guess, or familiar. It's like, familiar. but uh, but yeah, that is that is interesting. Yeah. Um, but then to you know to see the beauty of God and to 
to kind of understand how big God is, right? We talk about how good good He is, how big right. He is, um, but to see, you know, you you have a feet in both countries. You know what God is doing uh, in America because you have friends and family who are here, and then you're seeing with your eyes what's happening in Uganda. Um, we started by talking about that story with John uh, Chow, and even before we started recording, we were kind of talking about that idea of like. A, a white savior that like as the white American Christians, we're going to go in and we're going to save these people who are not white and are not Christian. And, you know, as a missionary, like it's kind of implied in the word, like you have a mission that you're going to do. Um, I'm not saying you went in necessarily with that mindset, but how do you avoid that? Like coming in and saying, here's how we're going to do things. This is what God is doing. And you guys need to be a part of it. Like what you're telling me is you go and you see what God is doing, but like, how do you, is that a struggle to fight against that? How do you get to a point where it's, this is what God is doing. I want to join him. Not I've come with what God wants to do. Um, No, it's a big struggle. Uh, I think because of, well, there's a lot of reasons, but the history that Uganda has gone through being a colony of Great Britain. Uh, they, they do, and they, their separation was done amicably, um, but they, they hold the white man in, in high respect. Uh, and so uh, there's a huge danger of coming in and saying, hey, I think we should do this, and you're going to get a lot of yeses. Hmm. Um, but then uh, you very quickly discover, oh, this was a terrible idea and this is not working. And if there's a, if the Ugandan, if you have a good relationship with the Ugandan, they'll say, oh yeah, we knew that wasn't going to work. <laughs> but, uh, so how do you combat against that? I think, um, I mean, we have a good safety net being with a mission organization that's been there a while and has built some good relationships with uh, church leaders in Uganda. But I think it's just finding, finding those people that you, that you trust or who trust you a little bit, um, asking some questions, going on like a little bit of a research hunt and seeing, you know, how can I partner with what's already happened here, maybe throw out some some new ideas uh, and, and in a safe way, the safest way possible, take some risks, try something new, uh, and if it doesn't work, uh, minimal damage, you know. Right. Um, so I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Like having that safety net – so I was actually talking to someone this morning at a church. Uh, he was asking me if I've seen missionaries fail or missions fail over there. Uh, and I said, the ones that I see fail are the ones who come in with no support system on the ground in Uganda. They have plenty of people supporting them back in the States, but they, they come in basically like lone rangers and say, here's what we're going to do. And then very quickly discover that their methods or models or whatever are not going to work. And they've hurt people along the way, and so now they're they're stuck, and they so they just go home. Yeah, right. Yeah. And that's that's a terrible, terrible thing to do. Right, as opposed to uh, like you're saying, going in, becoming a student, right? Like learning the culture, right. learning not what do I, and not a student, so that what do I see as the problem? Yeah. But what do they see as the problem, right? Right. What are the things that they want to see improved upon and not how can I fix them, but what tools do I have that I can give you so that you can fix them? And so like one thing that we're wrestling with or or wrestling kind of has a little bit of a negative connotation, but just 
trying to see what we can do. You mentioned like the missional conversation, right? Uh, you know, it's kind of a buzzword here in the American church, uh, but it's very biblical to live missionally. Uh, and so it's a theme that has been ringing in our hearts and we're trying to discern, you know, what would it look like to do a missional movement? I did quotations. No, <laughs> uh, to do a missional movement there in Uganda. Right. You know, all the research that I'm doing is American-based. Right. And so I am finding myself asking a lot of questions and, and actually hold, like holding myself back from moving forward too fast because I, I know that the tools I'm coming in are very American. Right. And I, I believe the foundation is biblical and it absolutely can work in Uganda. I think it would be another breath of fresh air for the church in Uganda, but I have to be very careful in, in how I go about it right. and make sure we do it in a, in a respectful and proper way. Yeah. Um, for us here in the States and, you know, whether God has called us somewhere else and we're just being stubborn or for the majority of us, like God has not called us to go somewhere else. I, I think there's still a perspective to be gained from our brothers and sisters all over the world. Um, I don't know that I told you I was going to ask you this cause I don't know <laughs> that I was planning on asking you sure. this, but like, are there, do you have like resources or like things that we could do here that kind of can plug us in at least to what God is doing elsewhere sure. so that we're aware, um, and kind of, we can be in prayer for, we can see what, what God is doing and gain from the perspective of other believers in different contexts. The first thing that just comes to mind is to understand, I mean, there's Ugandans here in New Jersey. I, I know there's a group, I think down in Cape May, uh, there's a big group up in Boston area, but like find, find those people from around the world who are here. They're your neighbors. They're, um, it will take some work to find the Christians, um, but to try and build a friendship with them and to hear from them what God is doing in their home country, it will, I'm sure they will love to talk about it because it's home. Right. Uh, and they, they yeah. Uh, but I would say, you know, find the people who have come here to America for whatever reason. Uh, and when you find out that they're Christians, you know, ask them about what God is doing in their home country or what they're praying for in their home country or ask them what is different worshiping here in America. You know, just, again, be a learner. Right. Um, so, yeah, I would just encourage us to get outside of our box and, and try and find those people. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice. And um, some I'll try to take myself. I I was thinking about when Lee and I first got married, we lived in an apartment in Cherry Hill, and we got Chinese food from, I want to say it was called New China Moon. The name of it really doesn't matter, but we would go there with some regularity. And uh, they had a Chinese Bible like on the counter. And I never said anything. Wow. I never said anything about it. Be, like, I guess for like fear of awkward conversation, like nice. how good is their English? Like, am I going to ask something off offensive, like, or whatever? Like it was dumb. Um, but just recently, so I, um, there's like this one stop shop, like not far from our house that I go to. And, uh, the owners are, I believe Pakistani. Yeah. And, um, just the last time I was in there, there's one like lady who works there who like I've built some rapport with because she thinks my daughter is cute, uh, but she wasn't working there. So I felt a little less comfortable, but K-Love was on the radio. And I'm like, who, 
like, did you guys choose this? <laughs> uh, and like, maybe I would have, maybe I wouldn't have said something if she was there, but I didn't say anything. But now I'm like, okay, next time I go, like, I have to ask like sure. what that was about. Uh, and it is like, you know, we, especially Christians, like we've talked, I've talked with so many different guests who are talking about the polarized nature of America, the right. fractured nature of America and how we define each other by our differences. But the body of Christ should be so far above that, that what unites us is not our skin color, not where we were born, but the blood of Jesus Christ. And so if there's any, like a hint of that somewhere, we should probably be sniffing that out. Like Absolutely. what's going on yeah. here? And I'm, I'm preaching to myself <laughs> when I, when I say that based on the stories I just shared, but you know, there is, there's something definitely in me that is like, we need to be, I need to be better at that. So for you personally, yeah. what's next? <laughs> yeah. This is, this is the question that everyone is asking me lately. <laughs> um, people know that my seminary is, uh, time is almost, well, I say almost done every year. Um, and we've been in Uganda for a while. And so they're like, yeah, what's next? Are you going to keep doing this? Um, that's a dangerous question to have on the record, uh, <laughs> my answer. But, uh, I mean, bottom line, I don't know. Uh, and so we don't feel led to any specific change at the moment. Um, we uh, have one more year left at Heritage, uh, and then we come back to the States for our fundraising. So in June of next year, we'll be back. But I will say that uh, we God is stirring in our hearts. Uh, he's, he's been doing a work in our hearts personally and our relationship with him. Uh, we've been, Kelly and I have been asking a lot of questions to each other about what we're doing there in Uganda. We've been praying a whole lot. Uh, my time at seminary has been fantastic. God has solidified my calling and passion to be part of church ministry. So that has been solidified and uh, I know we'll move in that direction a bit more proactively than we have been the past few years. Um, but again, I don't know if that's Uganda. I don't know if that's come back here. I don't know if that's somewhere else. We, we think something maybe like God's stirring us for something yeah. new, yeah. Uh, but we have no idea what that new hmm. could look like. Yeah. And it's such a excitingly frightening place to be, right? Excitingly frightening, frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And, and I've kind of been there for a while now. Yeah. Uh, and Kelly has, more recently come on board yeah, yeah. this ship with me. Um, so she's a bit more patient than I am. I'm like, I'm ready for this right. ship to dock somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Well, that is exciting. And I mean, I'm your brother. I have to pray for you. But uh, definitely will, you know, I'm excited to see what that is that God has next. You know, even if, not even if, that's a weird qualifier. I'm excited to see what God has for you, whether that's, in Uganda, but it takes a different form sure. than it has, uh, or if it brings you back to the States or a, a different state or a different country or whatever, um, yeah. I'm sure, you know, kind of like you said at the beginning, just seeing God act and move in Uganda is what made you want to be there. Right. I think really that is, I've experienced that, right? Like I, I don't, necessarily want to or have a desire to make something happen i want to be a part of what god is already doing sure. and so uh, i guess my prayer for you is that you'll see what god yeah. is doing and that you'll be able to be a part of that, yeah, that. 
Um, if people want to follow along with this journey, uh, okay. where can they do that? Um, probably the best bet would be good old fashioned Facebook ministry page, which is hand in hand with the Hallahans. Mm, that's um, good. Yeah. That was all Kelly. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's kind of our group page and we try and give updates and pictures and what. Yeah. Awesome. All right. I'll, I'll link to the hand in hand with the Hallahans, uh, into the show notes so people can go there, but thanks for being on. And, uh, actually, if people are listening to this, when it comes out, I'm probably taking you to the airport, like right now to fly back. So Josh, uh, Josh and his family were home for two months. Uh, his family is back in Uganda and Josh is here in the uh, States with us for another few hours. Um, probably somewhere over the Atlantic or in Europe or back home in Africa when you're listening to this, uh, but praying for safe travels as well.